0: Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on SiriusXM XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. For those of you who never really celebrated Juneteenth growing up, which I did not because I'm not from Texas and I'm not from Buffalo. I don't know why Buffalo and Texas in particular. I don't know why Buffalo, Texas I get. That's the last place where people, fr- uh, where Buffalo soldiers actually freed. Maybe that's why Buffalo, Buffalo soldiers delivered the message to the people that y'all ain't got to work no more on these uh, plantations. Y'all's free. I think that's what happened. I don't know. I don't know. Should this be a holiday? 866-801-8255. A federal holiday. Should it be a federal holiday? Should this be something that the nation commemorates? Because, should it be a celebration? Somebody on Twitter was like, do you say happy Holocaust Remembrance Day? Do you Do you, is this a a happy day? I mean, for black folk, is this a black folk holiday? There's so much here to unpack. So I brought the unpacker. He is wearing his Juneteenth colors, I think. I feel like he got on a Juneteenth shirt that he got from someplace from the 80s. I don't know. What is he wearing? He's showing all of his pectoral muscles and everything. He is here. He is amazing. I'm so happy that he's joining us. The author of Don't Cry For Me, The Sacred Place, Perfect Peace, 12 Gates to the City, Black on Black, which is the latest one. They tell me of a home. Listen to the lambs. The coming, the coming, the coming. The one and only Dr. Daniel Black. Hi. What's
1: going on? What's going on? How are you? How are you?
0: Yes, Glad to be here. Good to good to see you. Hi.
1: It is my pleasure. It is my honor. And yes, t- um today commemorates a great thing, you know, which of course I'm sure we'll talk about. Um whether it should be a federal holiday or not. I'm going to hold my comment until you tell me, until you what? tell me.
0: Listen, listen. The we have conversations on this show. That some of the conversations are uncomfortable for me. Some of the conversations are uncomfortable for the people listening. We should be able to sit in our discomfort and work things out in our spirit. Now, I don't have the right answers. For me, I am struggling with a federal holiday commemorating the last enslaved person on this country, on this soil to put down that hole. Now, in in the wake of that sharecropping. In the wake of that, that same state right now is problematic. In, in the wake of that, Louisiana has imprisonment. So they did the butt clause with, with prison, which is why black people are disproportionately in prison, incarcerated. Right. So I struggle with celebrating the end of slavery when so many are still enslaved in so many different ways. Indoctrination being one of the ways in which we're enslaved. So I, mm, I struggle with white folk, let me just be 100%, having a day off I struggle with that in this country. I struggle. I struggle with it. At the same time, Dr. uh Dr. Greg Carr on Saturday brought us to the feet of Mother Opal Lee, who spent the majority of her life and she's ninety six, fighting for this to be a holiday. So in honor yes. of her, in honor of her. If that if that's the only reason I'm like, okay, we can yes. we can make yes. space for it.
1: Yes. Yeah, see my thing is I think we need something federal, but I don't think it should be a holiday. I think we need I think this should be a federal day of mourning. Yes. See that's what I think, and it should be a federal day of mourning, not because slavery ended, but because it took white folks 250 years to to be forced to decide that they cannot hold us enslaved again. I think white folks should be in absolute mourning that it took them so long to 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 believe that that black folks ought to be free. And the truth of the matter is this. In in Galveston, Texas, in 1865, people had heard people had heard that Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation. The problem is that Texas would not enforce it.
0: So why, so so let's take folks back because I feel them. like I feel like we have an empathy problem in this world.
1: That's right. We're, right. we're,
0: we're unable to clothe ourselves in other people's journeys and other people's suffering and other people's that's correct. you know so so I'm going to go back to 1865 on this day June 19th soldiers wrote now we've been here for a couple of years now <laughs> no, so it was 1867 was it, it, was 1867.
1: it was 1865
0: is 1867 that's right okay so uh, Two years we've been hearing because, you know, travel is this was better than the internet back then. Right. The word of mouth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we free? Yeah. But if we step off this plantation, mass going to kill us. That's right. If we step off this plantation, we're going to get, they're going to the patty rollers because they, so, I mean, it feels like cert, c- certain neighborhoods, you know, where the police kill with impunity. We're going to talk about a 16 a year old kid that was robbing somebody yeah he was doing something bad he's dead now got shot in the stomach uh in aurora the same place where the great elijah mclean that beautiful soul who said he yes. just you know he's different i just i'm just trying to go home he played the violin for cats like he got brutalized and he's is dead now like i feel like it's the same kind of that energy right so Absolutely. so you could walk off <laughs> if you if you, <laughs> dared, if you, but you dare but there are consequences right
1: that's right that's right, that's right, if you dare. And, and that's part of the problem. The problem here is we in America, we don't know how to do anything collectively except celebrate. We don't know how to mourn together, we don't know how to weep together, we don't know how to cry together, we don't know how to sit and tell the truth together. The only thing we know how to do together is celebrate. And this is why I really feel for that great elder, Opal League, because she was actually trying to teach us that yes, as a nation, we should mark that something significant happened, a change happened in this country. And it did, it absolutely positively did. But the problem is that we are too juvenile as a nation to do anything but party. Mm-hmm. We we it's- should gather on a day like today and say to Black folks, we are sorry. We, to, to say to Black folks, I am absolutely sorry that as a nation, and quite frankly, we should do something similar in terms of Native Americans. All these Fact. folks that we literally destroyed. But, but the notion of, of having a barbecue <laughs> on the day that Native Americans were massacred, Something seems off about that kind of right. celebration.
0: Ooh, is it our is it our immaturity,
1: um, or, or yeah, is I it our or
0: true. is it our inhumanity? Is it our immaturity, or is it, is our our inhumanity? Because I think little kids understand mourning. You know, there's a lot of little kids that aren't celebrating the death of a bird or a gopher. Like they understand s- solemnness and that's and right. holding space for things that are serious, you know? Right. Uh, so right. I, I think it's the inhumanity that this country was built upon that makes it difficult for us to do anything but celebrate and not really understand truth or sitting with one another to work well, things part out. Of this,
1: part of this ultimately, ultimately, part of this is an economic issue. Part, And the reason this is an economic issue is because if America were to do anything other than celebrate, if we were to mourn, what's going to immediately come up if we were to mourn collectively, it's what do you owe? And America is trying its best to avoid the question of what it owes black people.
0: (laughs) Well, that's unavoidable.
1: It is unavoidable. It's unavoidable to me. That question is unavoidable. But as long as we keep partying and celebrating, right, we don't bring folks to task in terms of what they owe. and, and the other thing that's extremely important about this is most people don't understand what happened between 1865 and about 1870. The first, the first real celebrations, if you will, of Juneteenth were not about partying. The real celebrations of Juneteenth were one thing that I'm hearing almost nobody talk about. And that is what most black folks did in Texas and, on the, and around the rest of the country in those years is they went and found other family members that white slave captors had sold away. There's a great book called Help Me Find My People. Help me to find my people. That's what black people did. Black people all over the South walked, trying to find where their children, where their mother, where their uncles, where their cousins had been sold away to. We, We spent those years trying to repair and put the black family back together again. And that was the birth of a magical thing called the Black Family Reunion. That's what Juneteenth is really about. The Black family coming together and saying what white people tried their best to dismantle, right? What we did and what our job is to do is to make sure that we don't ever let the Black family be dismantled and broken again.
0: Well, as we sit here, um, eight, six, six, eight, zero, one, eight, two, five, five, Dr. Daniel Black is here. Um, I I'm grateful that I, uh, to, to get to know you. I just, um, yes, ma'am. I love yes, you coming ma'am. in. Um, because I'm getting to know myself through knowing you as well, yes, ma'am. stretching, stretching, yes, ma'am. stretching. And I appreciate yes, ma'am. that. Yes, ma'am. Um, This being a federal holiday makes it so. So I imagine I was getting prepared today that there are people making jokes right now that the melanemic people, there's some racist people really, you know, probably having different kinds of parties today. Um, I was thinking about the picnic, which, you know, the allegory goes. That was the time of lynchings. Right. The picnic. Go pick a N word. And right. I mean, but the pictures in without sanctuary and other documentation from the postcards on would tell you that that was a festive time where you would gather up all your, your hillbilly That's horde right. to go out and just find some random black person and de- destroy their entire lives. Whether you burn them, take their body parts off, mostly the penis. I don't know what the obsession is with taking off people's penises, penises and testes and things, but yes. And then burn them alive and things like that. Shoot them and cut them and carve them up. And, you know, there's a, a stunning picture of a man who had all all of those things done to him and his look into the camera wasn't enough pain, which you had to know he was in because if you scan his body, was, I, I had that without sanctuary book, which now costs like $400. Like if you can't really find it, but when when right. I study it and I, and I pick it up from time to time, cause I, not that I need the reminder, but I I do need to be back in that place from time to time. You can see where they took gouges out of his legs and you Absolutely. can see the, the brutality, the tornness of his body, And he's just looking into that camera, motionless and seemingly emotionless. And I'm thinking he knows he's going to die. And there's hundreds, hundreds of of folk smiling with glee, standing around him. And I think about Juneteenth and that that's my entry point for it. Right. Like the carnage that came after.
1: And see, that's part of. Part, that's part of the issue. You know, they just technically speaking, they just made lyn- lynching illegal last year. Right. And I understand the notion of cutting off the penises. I get that. I understand. And pickling them in a jar. I get that. Because Wait, the penis, you
0: said pickling.
1: It's called the pickled penis. Absolutely. If they pickled it like they would a, a, um, a pickle like a, cucumber. a
0: cucumber. Yes, yes, yes.
1: There are tons of them. They're all in museums. all you over. You said
0: the South. there are tons of them.
1: Absolutely.
0: Dr. Black. So folk were collecting black men's penises and putting Absolutely. them in jars. People, this is crazy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you can go online and Google it and see them. And they're in museums all over the South. And there is a reason because that penis stood as the sign of white, white supremacies imagined sexual pleasure. It's like porn, all you need is the image. Wow. (laughs) Listen, it's the notion of the way in which the black body stands as the quintessential sign of white sexual pleasure. Right, it's the pre- it's the pre- it's the literal pleasure principle, and they will pickle them right in order to preserve them as long as they could, because the penis, really, literally and metaphorically, that was really the part of the black man that they needed and wanted most. It was the part of him that they valued most. It was the part of him that that for them is the reason they came all the way to Africa and got us in the first place. It women were imagining. White men were imagining the the sexual ecstasy that the black male body could elicit.
0: Chow all right, Dr. Black is putting a new spin on it today is Juneteenth i I checked out a couple of years ago when they made it a federal holiday. I was like, ah, I'm not celebrating. I'm not celebrating. This is, this is a, a time of, of mourning, you know, something. And it also is a time to reflect on where we are as a nation, where we need yeah. to be as a nation. When I say we, yeah. I mean all people who call themselves Americans, which yeah. I am. Uh, and, and it's also the complicated relationship. Black people in particular. have. It to me exposes the hypocrisy of America to have a Juneteenth. But no one's really even talking about that either. Like that, we could have a Juneteenth federal holiday, but we're not having a conversation about reparations. Make that make sense, government? Make that make keep, sense?
1: Because we keep making the victim the point instead of the perpetuator accountable. We keep trying to say, and we do it with everything in America. Every, it's like having it's like having a rapist's day. Child. How much sense does that make? That's sick. It's absolutely sick, and well, it's sick because we do it's have like- President's
0: Day. Well, stop. Uh-huh. Okay, I just I. So kind of- which, which, in many instances would be yeah, the same. I was thing. gonna say, you know, we kind of do have that. Uh, we just call it something else. Uh, this, this is a weird place, and to have this conversation, honestly, you know, that that was a joke. Uh, out of discomfort for the truth that is being spoken today. So we often jest in truth because it's sometimes so ridiculous that we even have to have these conversations and argue with people. That's the thing for me. Um, I'm reading this book uh, and let me shout out CBS Sunday morning. That's my, my Sunday ritual, you know, get up, make me a little breakfast. I sit there and watch good morning. I'm Jane Pauly. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm in when she's not there. I'm like, "Mm, it's going to be trash. But um, uh, this past couple of weeks, Uh, has been amazing. So I actually pulled, I got a vanilla story, uh, ended up having a whole conversation with Carla Hall about vanilla because there was this one little piece in that vanilla thing about Africans actually, I was like, wait, wait, we did vanilla? Hold up, and it's brown? So then, you know, I I had to have a whole conversation, but they they sneak stuff in by accident Things yeah. that we need to tease out. So last week it was um, a, an, uh, an author, you would appreciate this, who got rejected 95 times. Wow. She, she wrote a book. Nobody wanted to publish it. She's in her 60s. She's 66, I think she is. And this last book, she was like, I'm going to keep going. Somebody said yes. Uh, it's called Lessons in Chemistry and as she was talking about i was like that sounds interesting i'm gonna download it so i downloaded it and i've been listening to it and you know for me as a reader and i don't know if anybody else is experiencing this but i am just first of all it is so well done but but i'm learning about a period of time that i didn't live through as a woman you know i'm i'm really connecting with elizabeth zlot zot zlot i think that's her name um, uh-huh. and there's this one thing i'm not giving away too much she has a boss um that is trying to, and and the author is talking inside the head of the dog, inside the head, like it's, so you get all these perspectives. So the boss wants to seduce this woman who's a chemist. She's a scientist because, you know, nobody's supposed to be here. No woman's supposed to be doing science. Like go get married somewhere and sit your ass down. But she right. is determined that she's, she's a scientist. This is what she is. She was like, it is what I am. So her boss is trying to get her, to You know, uh, to, he says, I'm going to destroy her self-esteem so he could seduce her so he could take her away from the boyfriend that she has. Right. So and he's married. So it's crazy in his mind. This he says this usually works. You know, if you just take her self-esteem away, then I can control the rest of her. And I think I was thinking about it in terms of being black, you know, so the goal is on the job to make you think that you're not smart, to make you think in the classroom, you're just here because you're in a program. You got yeah. in because of affirmative action. We're going to talk about affirmative action today. So you doubt yourself. You doubt your intellect. You doubt your Absolutely. creativity. You doubt your talent, your Absolutely. gifts. And, and once you do that, they have you. And then you just give them everything. everything. And then they take credit. And then you, you just feel diminished. And then you allow people to do anything. Like and, and people will relate to this if you're in a relationship with somebody that wants to keep you fat. So nobody else will keep telling you you're dumb, you're lazy, you're fat, you're ugly, you're ugly, like Mr. and color purple. That's a tactic that is used in every facet of life to keep you from. So, so I was thinking about, I'm loving this book, but I, if I'm not a reader, how do I, how do I even engage with this stuff that broadens our perspective? That's another conversation, but I was just, as somebody that writes and reads, you know, to, to see, these themes play out which is why art is so important which is why reading is so important so that we can get in touch with this stuff so we can change it I don't know but let's stick with the destroying of the self-esteem and before we get into the reading and writing I know I'm it's three hours I got with you and I'd be trying to get in 12 hours of conversation and three hours But you know, the notion that a lot of black people have an inferiority complex because 400 years of telling you you're nothing, you're dirt, you're this, you're you're, you're black, you're ugly, you're you're stupid, you're this. And then it becomes self-fulfilling. We do it to each other, you know, the dozens, we play that, your mama's so black, your mama's so ugly, you're ugly. And then before you know it, we are acting out the very thing and they have to do nothing anymore.
1: It's exactly right. And there are new ways that it gets manifested now, right? And I'm, oh God, Lord, Karen, I'm trying my, you know, I tried I tried to get the first, I try to be calm, but I'm not gonna be able to do it today. One of the things that's so profound is, is is the new ways in which this gets manifested. The ways in which black value, black self-worth, black self-esteem gets undermined and undergirded and undercut, right, in this society, while, 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 pe- while it looks like people are, are exalting you. For example, we keep sending black kids to black colleges and we keep asking them and celebrating them when they leave there with jobs. Oh, God. See, the problem with that is this. You don't send a child to college and then ask them what kind of job they're going to get when they graduate. The point of college is that you innovate a job. You don't go looking for one. If you've gone to college, you're supposed to make one. The, you're supposed to create if you can, or you're supposed to certainly choose one that you don't have to have. See, if you gonna go, go and then be labor for someone else, that's the same thing other folks do who never went. But we ask black kids that. We ask black, we don't go though to Stanford and ask them, are they going to go to work for black people? We don't ask kids at Stanford that. We don't wonder whether or not Johnson & Johnson's going to hire these white kids at Stanford. We don't ask them that. We look for their innovation. We wonder what new thing are they going to create that's going to be the next billion dollar corporation. But see, that's a self-esteem thing. And if, and if Black kids are not careful, Black kids are smiling and grinning Right. When someone offers them one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, my God, I really, really did it, didn't I? Did not. I? No, no, no. You really got caught up in the notion of the ways in which they have circumscribed your inferiority into their superiority.
0: To your point, whether we're talking about Microsoft, Apple, Facebook. Google, bunch of kids at Stanford got together you know, right. came together.
1: That's right. Came, that's right. You, so
0: you go to these schools, not for the education, but for the networking. You go now to those schools know. to meet the people that you're going to build industry with. You go to those schools to create your, to your point, you go to MIT to, to create the next. Absolutely. The yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So what I'm looking for out of these HBCUs, I'm looking for a team of black people who are going to buy out the NFL and buy out the NBA for our people? Those are our people. We should own, How the hell we play and we ninety, we 80 percent of the entire industry, and they still own it.
0: Somebody said, "Uh, because Michael Jordan just sold his team," and they're like, "Well, he didn't know what he was doing anyway." I said, "And um, Steve Balmer knows basketball. Come uh, on now, I, and I like." I like the dude that that runs and owns the Dallas Mavs, uh, but he knows more basketball than Michael Jordan. No, we don't expect that of any of these owners right. to know That's basketball. Right. So what are you saying exactly? You know and calling
1: I mean? these people calling these people <laughs> owners, owners take me out. Yo. Are we still owning people?
0: Yes apparently for a lot. I mean, they're high paid, but you know, eight six six We're here with Dr. Daniel Black. If you are commemorating Juneteenth today, uh, we're here live. Cause you know, for me, uh, folk work two extra years <laughs> that they, they should not have and probably beyond if we talk about sharecropping. So we're going to be here having this discussion. And I'm so grateful that Dr. Daniel Black is here with us. Uh, let's head over to Massachusetts and welcome in Leonard, uh, he wanted to talk about how he's celebrating with his children, or how he celebrated as a child in Massachusetts. Welcome.
2: Hey, hey, Karen. Hi. I just want to let you know I love you to death.
0: Nope, the no, so no, no, no. Not it. Love me. Community. Wait, wait. The language is everything for me. Oh, love, I love
2: you l- to live.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you. Thank you. I appreciate you know,
2: it. I, I, I just wanted to make mention, you know, Juneteenth used to be our thing, our Black thing. I'm 60 years old. When I was seven years old, every year we went to Salem willows in Massachusetts and got together with other black people. It wasn't a celebration. It was a gathering, a gathering of people coming together yes. to break some bread to share. And after it was over, we went home. It was a way of refueling ourselves together, you know, and when they made it a holiday at first, I was a little like yourself. I was like, hmm, this doesn't feel right to me. It's taking away something that we owned, we celebrate and we support each other with for a, like I said, since I was six years old, and I'm 60 years old now. But then I said to myself, would we be having this conversation if we didn't make it? A because as a child, we didn't have the conversation outside of the black community. But now, like on your platform and other platforms, we're having discussions to let people know we were not making this up. This is real. And we need to talk about it in much more depth. Like you bring on the table. It wasn't, we weren't free in 1865 or whatever. It, it continues all the way to 2023. We didn't have those type of conversations when we kept it in filler within the community.
0: Did we, I mean, it's, well, so my, and first of all, thank you. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for uh, your comments. Very insightful Leonard. Um, I I remember my mother talking about growing up in Augusta and children couldn't talk. You got to stay out of grown folks' business. You could listen from the other room, but you better not open your mouth. You get your lips twisted off or smacked. There was a a shroud of secrecy. Children should be seen and not heard. Women didn't have, say, that's part of listening to Bonnie Garmis' book, getting a perspective of what my mother, my grandmother, their roles, and black women differently because black women had to work. You know, it was, there was no feminism in the black community. You worked, you know, it was like there was no titles, you know what I'm saying? Like you got out and you did whatever needed to be done. But I, there was still kind of this hierarchy in, in terms of who got to have say, who got to be in charge. You know, I was spending the day, because I'm thinking about, you know, what a, a publishing house should look like, right? I'm imagining what that should look like. So now I'm going to look at the the people who are running publishing houses, I went to Harper Collins, not a not a brown face in the in the bunch. I know you've been published by a lot of these people. I've worked with a lot of them. Went to, Simon Schuster had a black publisher. She left, right? Um, but that was a rare situation, and they're struggling right now, right? About to get bought out or whatever. I'm looking at a Random House and like a oh, Random uh, Penguin, and I'm like. At the top of the food chain, people who make a decision about whether Daniel Black is valid, whether Karen Hunter is valid, and it, it, usually when we get valid, is because of numbers, right? We got to show and prove. But right. you can have a first time somebody melanemic, get a million dollar deal. We'll, I'm like, what? How? Where'd it come from? You know? And then they put two million in because they got to make sure. And then they have lunch with the folk, make sure it's on the list. You know, they make sure. There's no failure. You understand? Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing uh, that, that, you know, do we have a space, Dr. Black, that's, that's ours. And if, if Juneteenth did feel very, very regional and, and very black, very much ours.
1: I'm going to say this, um, Karen and, and, uh, you know, me and you know us, right? Part of the problem is I don't think we have a space that is exclusively ours. And I don't think we want one because I think anything that is exclusively black makes most black people too nervous. Most black folks these days want something that is ensconced by or undergirded by white authority. It legitimizes it to, to not all of us, some of us understand what I'm saying, but too many of us, we want things that are legitimized by white institution. Even, even if it's still called black, but it's undergirded and legitimized by white institution, it becomes more valuable to us. That is a problem, that is a disgusting problem in terms of black self value and inherent self worth. I've seen this in so many, 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 many ways. The ways in which, for example, you we can name a child an African name and not white people, Black people at times will mock that name, right? But we can name a black child a European name and it's just as regular, it's just as marvelous as it could possibly be because we are used to now The notion of Europeanness being the frame, being the frame in which our blackness exists. And in fact, most of us only find it legitimate if that is so, which is why all these HBCUs that have been around since the days of enslavement, we still have too many black people who over celebrate when black kids get into established white universities.
0: Mm.
1: Not, not because those universities have done more for the black community those universities most of them have not even blinked at the black community but because they are white and because they exist in the, in the white imagination as bastions of brilliance as I've said before we keep talking about folks like uh, uh, um, 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 W.B. Du Bois and others who went to Harvard That was that was not an achievement black people that was not an achievement it was Harvard's achievement not the voices somebody's mm. gonna get that one day
0: i hope you're right i hope you're right and and i'm going to fight to my dying breath to keep keep this going i'm gonna I'm blow on it i'm gonna keep I'm not gonna let the fire go i'm going until it's a rage until it burns it burns out all vestiges of that and and to have that conversation with yourself because i you know, I remember when Reed Daniel Favors first started coming on the show, and she said, "We all have anti-blackness," and I was like, mm, "I don't know." And then I had to sit with myself because I never thought about my own anti-blackness. And then uh-huh. I thought about some of the things that I think. You know, who do I find attractive, and why? And you know, it was like right. you have to start to examine why. Cute. Why is that person cute and that person's not That's cute? Right. You know, why That's do you think right. that person's ugly? You know, not like I'm. I'm having these conversations with myself. And then, you know, in the course correction, sometimes you over. So we and we should when the pendulum swings, it goes all the way to the other side before it centers out. So the course correction is fine. We got to sit in that, too. And know that that's what that is. That's right. You know, so, yeah, dashiki's around like everybody Afro's everything. till we can get to a due north of like we're just people. And this
1: is why a vast majority of black people. Heterosexual, homosexual—that making difference. A vast majority of Black people are single, who want to be in intimate relationships because we're not really looking for other Black people. We're looking for the Black people who would bring the biggest money on the auction block. We're you looking believe, for the uh, most valuable black, black. You
0: think, you think that, Doctor Black?
1: At, listen to me. Most people in their heads, they, they don't think the word auction block. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is we keep looking for what we think is the prettiest black person. But the problem is the prettiest in any community, I don't care what their community is, is always one or two percent. But see, white folks don't have to construct their worth in that way. Because- wait,
0: wait, pause, pause. Dr. Black said the, the, the prettiest is one or two percent, so it's ninety nine percent of us vying for that one or two percent. Oh my goodness! There it is. Yeah, there it is.
1: It's ninety. It's ninety nine percent of us vying for that one or two percent. That's which is why most of us are and are going to continue to be single. And here's what's even deeper, Karen. That one percent often is single too, because what they realize is they can have anybody they want, so they don't have to have nobody. Yo. <laughs> God, is so white that true? People, they don't construct their aesthetic in this way because right. their whiteness is the value
0: hey this is karen hunter you can listen to the karen hunter show live every monday through friday at 3 p.m east on sirius xm urban view channel 126 or anytime on the sirius xm app